to the Steve Witt Podcast. Hey, Steve Witt here. Good to have you today. We have a guest, my first guest on my podcast. So hard to get guests, you know, so I had to get one of my daughters. It's all obligated to do. So I have with me today one of my daughters, Ashley. Ashley is uh, a mom of three children. She's been how many years you've been married, Ashley? Nine years. Nine years. So, and she uh, is part of our staff here. She and her husband at Bethel Cleveland in the Brunswick campus. So glad to have them with us. But recently, Ashley's had something happen that correlates with some things that have happened in my life also even though we live in separate houses. So uh, I uh, about, uh, it's probably been 10 months ago, it, we declared a three-day fast on March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And the idea was we're going to march 4th, you know, a little pun there, march 4th, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, march 4th into a new season. Benny Hinn had just, uh, was, was just coming, actually. He was just going to be with us. Michael Koulianis, his son-in-law, they really helped shape some things that God was speaking to us once they got here. And I want to read you a scripture, and I'll tell you a little bit about my story, and then I want to hear from Ashley. But uh, our focus for 2023 as a church, and for me personally in my ministry, is going to be the word flourish. We are going into a time where a lot of the talking heads on Television and internet and everywhere else are saying that we're in for a dire year. And that's very possible. I mean, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. There's a lot of violence. There's there's shortages. There's uh, shipping problems. There's inflation. I mean, it's, it's a very challenging time, particularly in America and the Western world. And we know that in Iran, uh, there's uh, rioting going on. In Brazil, there's... Uh, someone who's been elected is causing riots in the streets and protests in the millions. Uh, in China, there's protesters against lockdowns. I mean, it's it feels like there's turmoil, there's wars, rumors of wars. Of course, Ukraine and Russia, it goes on and on. And so we're all looking for peace. We're looking for sanctuary. We're looking for a place where we can rest. Let me just tell you, I'll steal, your, steal the thunder right now. The only rest you can get that survives what we're going through and will go through this year is Jesus Christ. A total, complete focus upon a relationship with him will get you aligned. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, alignment and and uh, uh, the a life that is uh, a life of, of order. Alignment and order brings peace. I'm not talking about just generally, although it's true. You walk in a room that's full of laundry dumped out on the on the bed, it feels disorderly. And so you feel like, I got to fold these things and get them out of my room. I mean, that kind of clutter, it's a decluttering of the soul. We're moving into a time right now to find out what's really in our soul. Actually, the fire, the fire, the Bible says the fire comes in and it's meant to burn wood, hay, and stubble. But Gold, silver, and precious stones get refined. So the same thing that refines you is the same thing that purges you and prunes you. And so I was reading this scripture today, looking ahead, talking about flourishing in 2023. Psalm 6511 says this, speaking of the Lord, it says, you crown the year with your goodness. Listen to that. You crown the year, 2023, with your goodness and your paths drip 
with abundance. Now, this meant something to me when I read it this morning because I opened up the year a couple days ago, 2023, reading out of Psalm 1. And Psalm 1 is so powerful. I mean, get off, get off and read it, study it, meditate on it. It's powerful because it talks about intentional shifting into a position before God that brings you amazing peace. So Psalm 1-1 says this, Blessed is the man or woman, mankind, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So your position matters. Where you walk, how you stand, where you sit, the, the position, the place, the proximity determines what happens in your life. So blessed is a man who walks not in that. He's not in a council. You do not get ungodly counsel. You do not stand in the path of sinners. In other words, you're on a different path, a different road, nor do you sit in the seat of the scornful. You're not the one to judge. Christians have become famous in Western culture for, for judging, whether it's LBGTQ, uh, whether it's uh, whatever it might be. I mean, we, we get in the position where we're judged as being hateful, unloving. It's just not true, but it's been spun that way. But truly, those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ are not in those positions. We are those of love, but we're also those who are pursuing a life, a particular highway, what Isaiah calls the highway of holiness. The Lord himself called us and said, be holy as I am holy. I mean, he didn't, he didn't give another person for us to be like holy-like. That, that might be easier. I don't know. But when God says, be holy like I'm holy, that's impossible without the Spirit of God. You need the Holy Spirit to come and help you do those things which you wouldn't ordinarily do. It's no longer my life. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me and through me. I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ in your life directs you into a whole new place and causes you to live the life. So he says this, you're not the ones that, that are in stand in the path of sinners that walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You're sitting in the seat of scornful. But it says in verse 2, his delight is the law of the Lord. That's the word of God, the Bible. In Jewish understanding, it was the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. Broadly, in the understanding of the Torah, the Torah was the, the history, the, uh, the Psalms, the poetic books, and the prophets of the Old Testament. And Jesus was threaded all through those books. It says, so your delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Well, this is one of those things like pray without ceasing. How do you, how do you pray without ceasing? How do you meditate day and night? Well, it's just you've so imbibed the law, the purposes, the Bible of God, the very words of God written in a way that we could study it. When you do that, you're not only you're only meditating on it, you delight in it. And actually, I think when you share your story a little bit in a minute, we'll understand that you can go from, from the Bible being, meh, meh, <laughs> to, whoa, I can't wait till I get into today's study because it is, it is life to me. It's what it says in, in Psalm. I mean, Psalm 119 just talks about the word over and over again. It is life. It is health. It is my strength. I must get, 
Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The written word is from the spoken word of God. So we delight in it. We're privileged. We meditate on it. And it says this. This is the promise. And then we're getting Ashley's story here in a minute and her little, how she uh, uh, navigated this path that brought great life to her. He shall be or she shall be like a tree. Let's just say that together. He shall be like a tree. (laughs) What the ones that delight and meditate in the word of God, he shall be like a tree planted. Planted. That's why the word's always described, a house solid on a rock, not on sand. That's the word of God. Planted by rivers of water. The Bible hints in other places in Psalm that this river that you're planted by, there is a river that makes glad the people of God. When you're planted in the word of God as the Lord has planted you, joy, peace, righteousness comes to you from a lifestyle of being planted in the word of God planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season, whose leaf also will not wither. And whatever he does, I like this part. Do you know what it is, Ashley? Shall prosper. Hmm. Prosper. That's kind of the shalom kind of prosper. Like it's not just money. I mean, money's a great prosperity, but it's prospering in every aspect of your life. You need to get married? The Lord brings someone into your life. That's prosperity. You want children? The Lord allows your womb to be seated, to bring forth children. That's prosperity. It's all things. It's shalom. It's that that prosperous life. And it says the ungodly are not so. They're like chaff, which is driven away by the wind. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in a congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. If you want to be known by God, stay in his way. He knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, they shall perish. So what happened to me in March, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, is we're in a three-day fast. In the midst of that fast, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The Bible says that that is something that he does. The Holy Spirit speaks. He's not Casper the the friendly ghost. (laughs) He is an entity. He is a person of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Makes me want to do the sign of the cross. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the shoulders in that emblematic, creedal thing that 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 act, that, that kind of prophetic act that Catholics do, Father, Son, head to heart, shoulder, shoulder. Holy Spirit is the strength, the power of God to express what Jesus did on the cross and the Father's love sent from heaven. It enables you to be the person you long to be, a person that is stable, that is strong, that is planted, that understands the will and purpose of God, who rejoices in times of difficulty like Job, who thanks the Lord even even when fiery trials come upon them, they count it all joy. This is scripture. How do you become that person? Is it just through discipline and beating myself up all the time? I've not been in scripture for a week. I don't really pray. I haven't been to church in a month. All these things that we put upon ourselves, those are a part of the, of the disciplines of the Lord. But those disciplines are through his Holy Spirit who abides in you. will teach you how to learn of Christ. I love that Philippians 2. Your will and your do comes through the Holy Spirit. Your will to do something and the do part, the actual action. 
is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Thanks the, thank the Lord that out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's strength in the Holy Spirit. So anyway, during a time the Holy Spirit spoke, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and he said, I can help you if you want. And I was like, help me with what? I can help you get healthy. And, uh, you know, I've been trying off and on to get healthy over a number of years because I've had some pretty serious physical problems. I had cancer, got over that. I open heart surgery because I had a uh, aneurysm uh, three years ago. So, you know, my mind's heading in that direction. I'm 66 years old thinking like, I'd like to live a little longer than 67. So uh, anyway, I started leaning into it. My wife joined me and I lost 35 pounds and did it. I, I got to say, and I know this sounds stupid, I did it somewhat effortlessly. On my own, I don't know that I could have ever done it. But by invitation of the Holy Spirit, I lost weight, got healthy, ate cleaner, enjoying life, enjoying exercise, enjoying eating, a lot of things that I, I mean, I still have pizzas periodically. You know, I eat healthy pizzas. I know some purists there will say there's no such thing as a healthy pizza, but there is. You know, we find some that we do. We drank less, no sugar, really. Got rid of sugar out of our lives. We lose weight. We get healthy. We get strong. We sleep better. Those are good things. Uh, it's it's not the greatest fruit, but it's good fruit. So the greater fruit is spiritually allowing your life to come into order. For me, that means one thing. Every morning I have an order that I walk through, kind of like a Benedictine order. It's a standard way of living where I I exercise. I watch videos while I exercise, videos that uplift me, that build me up, that strengthen me, that encourage me. I watch a lot of Jordan Peterson. I watch biblical readings. I, I watch all kinds of stuff that, that, that encourage me in the spirit and the life I'm pursuing. That's my spiritual, solical part, physical part. I go straight upstairs. I get me a bite to eat, take it upstairs into my office. I sit there and begin to read scripture, meditate, and wait on the Lord. I write a lot of notes. I write notes because I'm meditating. I'm chewing on it. What did that mean? I write notes in my margins, you know, and this has served me now for a long time, and it strengthens me. So spirit, soul, and body, I'm tending my garden, tend and keep. Remember, that's the mandate of the garden that's given you. Ashley's been around this for a long time, my daughter. Recently, she had a bit of a, what I'd call a micro revival. <laughs> it affected her. And I'm going to let her tell her story a little bit. I may interject with some questions and stuff. I think her story is powerful. She's an ordinary person just like any of us, you know, trying to keep up with life with three little kids running around and paying the bills and working a job and new in a new house right now that they just moved into a few months ago. I mean, life is very busy for them. And Ashley uh, is a mom. And she has to juggle all those various things that come at her on a constant basis when you have little kids in, you know, kindergarten, grade one, grade two, all that, it's it's busy, 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 you know. So, Ashley, what happened to you? Like, what, when when did this happen, and what has been the fruit? And how have you, you know, and then, and then what I'm talking about, where you think this is going after that. But what brought you to where you are right now of what you've experienced? Well, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where to begin? Um, At the beginning. Really, the beginning could be— um, well, Watching the Chosen, um, I know that we uh, talk about the, chosen. about the Chosen. We all right? know the Chosen, Great. and we love the Chosen. Um, 
But watching The Chosen has done for me exactly what they intended the show to do. And they wanted the show to not replace scripture, but to stir up hunger for scripture. And so I would watch The Chosen and it was greatly ministering to me episode after episode things that... And it was there. There was a stirring that kind of started of wanting to read scripture, but lacking the action of stepping into it. Um, obviously, I've read scripture in my life, and I've had seasons of on and off where you're in the Word, and and then life gets busy, and not having a kind of ritual practice of daily scripture reading has been a very big struggle for me. Um, especially with busyness of life. Oh, yeah. and, um, and actually in January, the first kind of after The Chosen has stirred up a hunger for Scripture, I still hadn't acted on it. And in January— We're talking when, a year ago then. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a year ago. In January of last year, um, Haley Braun from Bethel and Reading was here, and she had a prophetic word for me, and it— I keep saying it wrecked me. I don't fully understand the fullness of the word yet, but she said that the Lord would be visiting me powerfully. Um, what did and, that look like being wrecked? I mean, I've been wrecked too. <laughs> what is it? Are you uh, talking about something like internally or uh, what did it feel look like? Well, normally when the Holy Spirit uh, touches me, it's uh, it, it manifests in a, an emotional yeah. response um i can feel it and i just i i have a very hard time not weeping yes. <laughs> you know i see people who laugh hysterically or all these crazy things you know and and i just weep uncontrollably but she she said words that pierced my heart and it was like she was speaking things that i've only thought in my head and not vocalized and she said that the Lord was lifting a heaviness off of me mm-hmm. and that he was going to encounter me in a powerful way. And I didn't know what that would look like. Um, and then Benny Hinn was here for our Holy Spirit conference in uh, April, I think it yes, was, or March, March or, or April. April, one of those two. And he did a Friday night session where he spoke about scripture and the whole message was, again, something that wrecked me. It was powerful. I felt the Lord speaking to me the whole time, like like it was like his message was just for me. And he said many things that convicted me in the fact that I want to read Scripture, but I haven't. He was strong on Scripture. Wasn't yeah, he it? was very strong on Scripture. <laughs> he and, just graduated and, from Hebrew school. Yeah. <laughs> he was very excited about that yeah. and, and talked about it a lot. And it was exciting to hear what he had learned. Yeah, and it was it was powerful because it it, it kind of mixed in a healthy fear of the Lord um, attached to being in the Word. Like, if you're not in the Word, what are you doing? <laughs> like, um, He said that he had a conversation with Michael Koulianos, and Michael asked why leaders were failing and falling away from the Lord and messing up. And Benny's response was, it's a neglect for the Word, is wow. that ministers, pastors, True. leaders are neglecting the Word. They're They're preaching and they're ministering, but they're not filling themselves in the Word. Um, so obviously that ministered to me, but still lacked the action for a couple more months. But so it this was, was a process. Over it was months. a process yeah. of a lot of like internal ruminating of I need to be reading the scriptures. 
I don't have time. Like, if only I had time, it would make it so much easier. And, you know, Benny Hinn, he can read the Bible in three months, all cover to cover, but he's retired and sits by a pool reading <laughs> he scripture. He wouldn't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, he has time. And, and, and I was one day I was sitting, and I think it was in September, I was sitting and I was on Instagram and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you don't have time for my word, but you have time for Instagram. And I just thought, I mean, I have chills now talking about it, (laughs) but I just, I felt the Holy Spirit on that. But, um, don't get wrecked. We need to finish this podcast. (laughs) I can't guarantee anything. (laughs) Uh, he said, he said that to me and I instantly felt just the depth of conviction from the Lord. You're you're right. I say I don't have time, but I do actually have time. I'm mm. just looking in the wrong place for it. And so I instantly deleted my social media because I wow. wanted to get radical about connecting with the Lord. I, I thought he sent his son to die on the cross for me to save me from hell and all of these things. He came to rescue me and I don't have the time to get into the word like he's asked us to do. And so I felt so convicted about it. So I deleted my social media and I wanted to delete it until I had created a habit. So I think it's like six weeks, they say, that you have to take to create a habit. And so I deleted social media. I stayed off of it because I really wanted to focus my attention. And so when I sat down and I would normally go to Instagram, I opened my Bible. Um, And also in that process, I got somebody, uh, my sister-in-law, on board to do it with me. So that helped with accountability. You had a partner to help. I had a partner and I had somebody who is in a similar place in life. She has children. She has a husband who works, all the things. And so it helped to have the accountability. It also helped to have somebody to talk it through with. Right. Um, So her and I actually spend sometimes an hour a day on the phone. Wow. Talking about the scriptures that we're reading because I didn't want it to just be like I was reading it. I've also had a hard time absorbing it. Um, Reading scripture has been just a challenge for me in my life. Like I read it and I'm like, oh, that was encouraging. But I wanted it to become part of me. You know, I want, I love it when Jay gets up there and he preaches and he can just pull scriptures out of, you know, from hours and hours of study and research and memorization. And I wanted it to be able to be a part of my life in a way that I can just recall it and know it and live it and have it be the living word to me. So, so you started doing it now. How long have you been doing it now? Um, well, I think we've just finished 117 days. Wow. So you, cons- are you just randomly reading through the Bible? Or no, what, we, what found, we found a, um, on the Bible app, we found like a scripture through the year. Um, that you can do with friends. You can text and invite your friend to join you on it. And so then you communicate in the app. Um, And so I found keys were finding a translation for the Old Testament that I could understand. What'd you pick? Um, Well, initially I started out with New King James Version, which can be challenging at some points. And then eventually switched to New Living Translation. Okay, that's very Um, popular. yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more modern in its language. Um, 
And so we, it's an app, it's a, a Bible plan in the app that takes you through the Bible in a year, but it's not just cover to cover. It's Old Testament paired with New Testament. And it's kind of hops around the New Testament a little bit. So I love the fact that while I'm reading about Moses, we're hearing about Jesus talk about Moses and the law of Moses. Oh. So it kind of correlates it together. Synchron- not always, but it. yeah, it does synchronize it. And so then it, it'll throw a Psalms in there or Proverbs. So we're not kind of going through the entire thing cover to cover, but. So now you've been, do- you've done this, what'd you say? 117 days? Yeah. 117 days. What, what is it? How are you different now than, than six months ago? Well, I think kind of like what you said about how losing weight and eating healthier, you couldn't have necessarily done it on your own the way that you did, that there was like an ease to it. A grace. Uh, A grace. I do think that there is a special grace because I'm being obedient to what I feel like the Lord was asking me to do, that I have a special grace for it right now that I can't get enough. Right. I feel like I talk about it all the time. I call call me every day about it. (laughs) I <laughs> sometimes multiple times a day just because I'm reading the scripture and it's not tons at once. It's, you know, four chapters and I'm thinking about it throughout the day. I'm meditating on what I've read and I just end up with lots of questions. It feels... How's it shaping you? Like you personally, what, what's, uh, are you feeling anything different? Are you sensing anything different as, as you're sowing this into your soul? I think that I'm hearing his voice clearer in my life than I have in what feels like years, that it's— Why do you think there's so much emotion attached to it? Like when you start talking about it, you get emotional. I do every single time. Is it? (laughs) Um, Is that your nerves or what is it? No, it's not my nerves. It's just I I don't know how—I'm still thinking about what kind of effect it's having on me, so I don't fully have the words— to explain, um, other than the fact that I feel like he's just speaking to me on such a deep level, and I'm experiencing his presence more than I have, and it f- it feels more tangible. Like I can't I can't get enough of reading scripture. I'm actually three days ahead right now. <laughs> I just I can't. I'm like I got I was a couple days behind over Christmas, and I felt oh man I don't want to fall behind. I'm in a rhythm. It's kind of like watching a. Uh, uh, it's like watching on, a movie. Yeah, like you want to you want to binge read. <laughs> yeah, I want to binge read scripture. it. So I got ahead, and then when I got ahead, I was like, well, shoot, I'm. Now I'm ahead, and today it's like, do I just keep reading ahead then? <laughs> read what you read over read, again. Read it again and think about it. But um, I don't know. He's just speaking to me a lot. I mean, the the key f- focus, I think, of what I'm hearing about is holiness. Mm. Um, so what that looks like in my life and really what it looks like to have the word living and breathing in you. Wow. Um so then it's changing how I respond to things. I'm feeling more calculated in my response in the sense of I want to watch what I'm saying and I want to be careful to— Okay, so it's acting as a like a governor in your life. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think it changes how I see situations and um, just perspectives, and I'm kind of feeling more emboldened to speak— in a way that I've not done before. So when I feel like, oh, you know what, this situation just needs 
Jesus, let's not complain any longer. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like, you know what, I just think we need to focus on the hope we have in the Lord right now. And I, it's just kind of turning me into, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Now, some people out there, actually, that have been around this long time might say, oh, you're just, it's just legalism. You don't need any of that. You just need Jesus. Like, what yeah. would you say to that situation, that response? I had a revelation from the episode of The Chosen where um, it's the first episode of the second season, and John is trying to write the Gospel John, and he's trying to figure out where to start it. And so he kind of goes through the whole episode trying to figure out where to start the gospel. And so he starts with, in the beginning was the word mm, the and the word, word was, was God. God. And there was this moment where Jesus asked him what scroll he should read. And John says, I like the beginning. And Jesus says, oh, that's a favorite memory. And something about that wow. <laughs> just made it real to me that he is the word. And I know that you read it and scripture. But now I'm seeing like when he says uh, everything he says about his word, he's talking about the Bible. <laughs> like it's yeah. such a simple revelation. Um, but I I don't, I, I'm never one to be overly religious about things. I try not to be legalistic about things. But in reading scripture, I'm going through and I'm reading the Old Testament and I feel like he's giving me a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. Uh, and I think that we've become too gracious about everything all the time. Not that there's familiar, familiar, yeah. yeah that we we become kind of desensitized to the holiness and Jesus the gravity of <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to the gravity of like what this all is. That you know, when we come and worship, we're we're coming to worship the creator of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not just I'm coming on a Sunday to worship and sing because that's just part of what I'm supposed to do. There's something deeper about it. And I think we've become desensitized mm. to it. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. One I read earlier out of Psalm 1, you know, where it says he shall be like a tree. It's it's this result is because somebody got hungry for the word of God. Uh, delighted in it, meditated on it. And it said, you know, it didn't say immediately, or it said, just says, you're going to become like a tree that's planted by water. What yeah. What do you have to say about, like, what are your thoughts about that? What does that, what does that really mean when you hear that? Well, I think, I think too, being in the word, Jay has said to me about how our home feels different. And so I think that that like being the tree planted yeah. is is like I'm rooting myself in the word and I'm it's creating Eden. Yeah, I'm letting it I'm letting it kind of sit with me and I'm letting it kind of seep into me Beautiful. and I'm letting it become part of it's meditation, part of yeah. me. Yeah, I'm letting it become part of me and it's kind of obviously like a transformation from the inside out. <laughs> Excellent. You know, where it's starting to change kind of the atmosphere of the house and um it's caused more of a hunger in Jay to read the word. It's caused friends of mine to want to jump in on the Bible reading because just talking about You've it added has added another person to your group. Uh, we also. have added another person to our group and so it just it's created it's like a contagious hunger. Well, let's just take a minute to talk about it. You've also become interested in some of the Jewish traditions that have emerged in The Chosen and what you're reading in Scripture. 
you know, you see when they're entering and leaving the door, they kiss their hand and touch the door. They sit around a table. They join hands in a very pleasant way up on top of the table, and they repeat a prayer together. You know, they rejoice together. Yeah. They eat together. What? Where do you think? What do you think about that? Why is that kind of popping up in the midst of all this? And where do you think you're going? Like, where do you think this is going? What's the trajectory that you're on right now? Yeah, um, it's been part parts of the chosen that have spoken to me regarding the Jewish culture is these prayers that they say when they wash their hands and when they wake up in the morning and before they eat food, they say a prayer that's something along the lines of "Blessed are you, or Lord mm. of the King of the Universe, who does this." And it's like I don't know it by heart, but. Um, I kind of seeing it though as Jesus having rituals that he did. Yes. Made me realize that's something that might be missing from my life and from our life that we've kind of, you know, I'm not Jewish, but but I think that we've gotten far away from rituals that actually have some value to them. So much so that Jesus did them when he was here. Up to age 30, 33, actually, right to the cross. He, yeah. he was following Jewish traditions and understanding. Of course, something that uh, conflicted against the true nature of God, he would stand against it. Yeah. He was not afraid to confront in the midst of it or yeah. break the rules, so to speak. Yeah. But there's something that's that's I love that's portrayed in The Chosen that is just— and again, we know it's not Scripture. They're, right. they're, it's a fictional— account of biblical understanding, you know, so there is scripture in that and scriptural context, but they kind of do a what if, what if this is the way it happened? What if that, you know, they do it in a very sensitive way and it is inspirational because the first time in history, you're visualizing things that you've imagined in the past. So where's this going? What do you, what do you see as the end game and what this new life that you're living that is ordered, is disciplined, is focused, is is uh, embedded in scripture. Well, I think the goal is to live a life more holy and pleasing to the Lord. And so, and to bring people with us. Yeah. Um, and that there's, you know, we're in where we are in culture, there needs to be more holiness and I think more ritual within the church um, and more of bringing people into it. So, I, I mean, I have, we've talked about the whole Shabbat dinner. Mm. Um, thing that I've been kind of thinking about doing with some friends of like a once a month kind yeah, of yeah like a once a month kind of thing where we can get together because I was reading in Acts and after Jesus ascended into heaven they gathered together in the upper room um, but for the first while after Jesus left they would gather together and they would have meals together and it was like the church community yes. came together. And, well, we need that right now, don't we? Yes, we need a coming together. Mm. Um, I think I was reading in Time magazine recently. It was 100 Most Influential People in History. And I opened it because I wanted to see if they put Jesus in there. And they did. He was the first one in there was Jesus. The really? Most influential people. And it's interesting because they talk about him as if he was real, which which he is. But, you know. I wasn't sure how they would portray him, but they talk about all these miraculous things that he did and how he was, people are still talking about him to this day, but it ended it with, and the church was birthed out of it and is now in pieces to this day, never able to agree on things. Mm. And I just thought, that's how they ended it? 
Like this is how the world sees us is that we're started off good with started off good. And this man that came and he changed history, (laughs) he changed the course of the world. And what we're taking away at the end is, but his church is a, is a mess. Yes. And they can't agree on things. And it kind of, I just thought we need, something needs to change and we need to have a coming together like when Jesus left and the disciples and the apostles and all the people would gather together and the community, church community was birthed from that. Right. Of, and it's the example of how things can be. So that's why the Lord's been speaking to me a lot about a Shabbat dinner, a coming together, but also having the focus be on the Lord. How contagious would that be? I mean, I think it's what people are hungering for. Coming out of the worldwide pandemic and being shut off, shut down, shut up, you know, silenced, everything else, you know, stay away from people, six uh, six feet of separation, social distancing, all that stuff, you know, it, it, uh, and, and speaking up and being silenced and ghost and canceled. And, you know, there's something now where it's like, well, what's next? Is this, is this our lot? You know, dystopian, uh, crumbling uh, national understanding, or is God setting us up for an amazing revival that's going to involve the Word of God? If people getting back to studying the Word of God, reading the Word of God, God publicly and socially, in such a way that it it has a power to change people's lives. The Bible mm-hmm. says, "We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds." from the mouth of God. So we need God's Word. It's not just something we do in order to be a good little boy, a good little girl, get to heaven, whatever it is. It's life. It's the tree of life in the midst of the garden. It is Jesus himself expressed through his Word, the Bible, that transforms lives. I love the the passage. It's my life verse that, and I've quoted several times on the podcast, Romans 5, 17, that, that through the abundance of grace— and the gift of righteousness, we will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We we are called to reign in life, to flourish, to have abundance in our life in all ways. And uh, well, thank you, Frashley, for coming on this podcast. We're eager to hear. Well, maybe we'll do an update in the future. People can see uh, where you are, what you're doing, what you're experiencing, what God's speaking to you. Uh, this is like a micro revival that has hit her. You know, it's it hits individuals throughout history, and it spreads. John Wesley, it spreads. Dwight Moody, it spreads. <laughs> individuals have an experience like this, like John Wesley was strangely warmed in his heart. Mm. That's all it took, and to create a worldwide movement that's still alive today in the Methodist Church, the Wesleyans, and so forth. What a great man of God. And here we have somebody who's experiencing something powerful that's already beginning to influence other people. What happens is this continues for months, for years, and begins to spread. It is the leaven that that leavens the whole lump. And it's possible that this could affect the rising of a revival around the world because we know it's not just Ashley. We know that around the world, people are being touched in Iraq and Iran and places like that and Ukraine in Canada and Mexico, all around the world, people are being touched and being drawn to this centrality of Jesus Christ and focus on him. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's not about me. It's not about my dreams. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. Well, hey, thanks for listening to us. We enjoyed just talking about this and talking about the Lord. 
And during this new year right now, this is the time to align yourself. Read Psalm 1. Get into it. Be the person that is planted by the river. The only way you can do that is by delighting and meditating in the Word of God. You get planted. You'll get planted. You'll not be blown around by the wind, by the chaff, as like chaff in the wind. You will be seeded, and you will bear fruit in and out of season. I prophesy over you that 2023 is going to be a year of fruition, of flourishing, of flourishing in the Lord, the completion of all things in God. May it be a a, a moment of uh, convergence of the things that you've devoted and desired in Jesus Christ. May they come forth in your life. But here, let me give you some advice. Get into the Word of God. Find a good reading plan. Follow Ashley's advice. And let's see what God's going to do with a cognitive, solical revival that's going to revive the very spirit within us, the quickening of who you are and the full expression of Jesus Christ in you. May not the testimony of time be, time be that, the, yeah, now they're all scattered. They can't agree on anything. May there be a rewrite in 2023, 2024, 2025, where Time Magazine says something has happened to the church worldwide. It is pulling together under this invisible force of the Holy Spirit, and we are see, seeing something could transform the future of the world. God bless. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Thank you for sticking with me. Let's plow into 2023 again and see all that God has destined for us. It will be a year of flourishing. God bless. See you next time. <music>